Yeah, that's Irish. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, right, I know there's an it? Irish character in Misfits, but seriously. Right. Yeah, uh, and there is an Irish character. You're wondering if I, in case you're wondering or thinking that I actually have a really good accent, that's not me. There's a, there's a third person on this podcast. <laughs> it's special guest, Tim Swan. Hi, guys. You guys have had all the minorities on. Apparently, you've even had a woman on this podcast, which is weird. Yeah, that's uh, we, we we didn't release that one on overthinking it, right? Or like we had to really downplay it because you know no girls allowed in our sausage party. Um, this, this is the this is the good part of overthinking it, where we're not um, you know gender normative and and, and heteronormative and uh, American. So we're going to talk about girls for the next hour, everybody. We, we yeah, really want to talk about Lena Dunham girls, and so. privilege. And uh, I no. have read one newspaper article about it, and I feel very qualified. To uh, to just monologue about it. Jack's shoulder as she read a recap of one episode. So I'm I'm ready to jump in here. Um, <laughs> to right. Full- so we're not uh, going to talk about girls. I'm doing this authentic British accent because we're going to talk about misfits. Uh, the show from uh, uh, E4. In the UK that has since played all over the world. I think it hit the United States on Hulu last summer, uh, summer of, of 2011. And it is uh, the topic for these fucking teenagers summer school. And so we have Tim, an authentic uh, British person uh, on uh, on the show with us uh, talking about talking about skin. So I, I uh, not skin. Mis- <laughs> talking uh, about talking skins. about I know what you lid, did last skins heroes yeah. breakfast club. Talking about yeah skins with yeah skins with some horror elements. Well, uh, yeah, if you want to pitch a show to E4 or BBC Three, which are roughly the same age demographic, then say it's skins with something else. You know. Skins with vampires, skins with superpowers, you'll probably get a commission. Skins with skins, vampires. Skins is with like... advertising executives. <laughs> <laughs> Men In the skins. 60s. In the 60s, yeah. yeah. Uh, that would be funny. So um, I guess we should, we should uh, go to you first because there, there are things in this show that seem um, sort of irreducibly uh, British, right? Like, and that, that we might need a little context to understand before we even, before we even begin. And, you know, as we do with every new show, we'll ask our, we'll, we'll go through our, our syllabus and sort of ask our, uh, we'll interrogate the show for the normal TFT, uh, TFT concerns. But, um, what, what, what do we need to understand just off the top of your head that us as, as, uh, Clueless Yanks, that we do very good accents, um, right, uh, need to understand about skins that we don't yet. Um, no, and, and here I make the mistake again, need to understand about misfits that we don't yet. <laughs> yeah, you're highlighting something very kind of Freudian there, but um, they come from a similar space apart from the superpowers. Um, the first thing I noticed when I put on this show, which I watched for the first time today, although I'd seen a lot of the adverts and heard a lot of people talking about it, read a lot of the reviews, um, was the tower blocks that form 
actually like a huge part of the scenery. There's one panning shot in a later episode where you see they sit by the lake all day, it seems. But then apart from the community centre, there's just like tower block, tower block, tower block, tower block. Um, and I don't know how much like poor quality high rise living you guys get. Um, Cause that seems to me a very British thing, but that might just be one of those cultural prejudices. Um, well, I have no uh, idea it, how it exists in season one and two of the wire. That's the only other place where I've seen them uh, <laughs> <laughs> is towers. Well, so tell, I mean, are these, um, are these, these kinds of tower blocks, would these be like council homes or are these just like, like shitty? Or are they not necessarily? Um, cause that's kind of, I, that's how I read them as like, I, like that yeah, kind like of the high rise block projects housing, in the like, wire. Yeah. And that's why I joked about the wires that I view that as, you know, in the U S that, that would, that'd be glossed as like projects. Right. Like, uh, but like, that's what I kind of like read that visual cue as, or, but is that, is that the wrong way to, to read that visual cue? I assume that they are council houses, which I guess are roughly analogous, although with, at least previously, a lot more state involvement than projects. I don't know quite how projects work. How many private landlords are involved in that? Um, There's not. It? I mean, I don't. It varies a lot, and I'm actually don't know a lot. But it's it's pretty. It's uh, housing projects are generally pretty um, pretty state run as well. Okay, um, then yeah, yeah. very much analogous. Although now a lot of it is privatized and turned into association housing but it has the same social connotations we're talking about mm-hmm. poor quality uh, a lot of stuff is broken i bet you that none of the lifts for example in those tower blocks work um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. vandalism lack of safety lack of kind of public ownership almost even though technically it's got x number of residents who share it none of them feel responsible for it. Right. I mean, that's almost like prejudicial, but in general, this is like criminological, sociological stuff on that. Um, a lot of graffiti, a lot of vandalism. Yeah, and yeah. so, and all these guys, well, I say all these guys in the show are coming from them. That's not strictly true because, uh, what's his face? The main Nathan. guy, Nathan, that's the one, lives in a pretty normal, I mean, probably kind of lower middle class looking house. Well, right. doesn't live, but did live there and we're not quite sure where Simon lives, but, you know, Kelly, who is the kind of key class touchstone, I guess, will probably live somewhere like that. And actually, I think we see her going to a flat. Yeah, can we actually, one, in, ter- in terms of, take, before we kind of go into the, the class uh, dynamics and how that kind of intersects with these uh, housing blocks, uh, where is the show set? Like, where both where is it filmed and where where is it supposed to be taking place? Because that's something that's not apparent to me um, from, no. from the three episodes that I watched. I assumed that it was London just because it was kind of densely urban. Mm-hmm. But in terms of kind of regional accents it wasn't really clear they didn't seem especially northern um production was filmed in southeast london okay um yeah and there's i think you can see the you can google maps at least after i watched it i went and like google maps the location which is yeah east east london right which is very much that kind of somewhat run down until the olympics came and then just bulldozed the things um Hmm. you know, housing poorer areas. So I guess that felt naturally where it would be for me, London, because it's got that dense urban feel to it. People of 
different backgrounds. I guess it's kind of, there's a lot of kind of ethnically different, class different backgrounds in London. And although that is true in places like Birmingham, Manchester, other big cities, it's still, I don't know, it had a character that felt more like the capital than anywhere else. Hmm. Right, and uh, that was my assumption It's hard as well. to kind of explain yeah. why, but intuitively it felt like London. And, 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 and again, as we were just thinking about the kind of comparing and contrasting that we kind of do when we introduce a new show um and like in contrast skins is set in what, bristol if memory serves right um yeah, which and, is and that's very middle class area really yeah yeah For exactly the most part. right so that yeah and we have a lot of you know um even yeah uh, right so that most of the p- characters in skins are have like living situations that are roughly similar to nathan's pre-getting kicked out kind of housing situation yeah right? that and then that's kind of looks very similar to me a lot of the class tensions in skins at least the first two series are between the kind of low middle class kids at the six one college and the upper middle class right yeah right kids at the who, who talk funny and you know have their parties right 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 cool um all right, so I, I need to, to understand something. Um, what is a chav, Tim? Uh, well, that's the big question, really, isn't What's it? What's the thing uh, you separate the wheat from, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> That has been suggested as one origin. I mean, if you ask in Britain for the origin of the word chav, you'll find, you know, dozens of different people who will tell you all sorts of things, a lot of acronyms uh chatham average cheltenham average council house and violent all sorts of things um more serious scholars will tell you it probably comes from the romany language um i romany gypsies and uh just meaning kind of lad young boy but has kind of evolved into i was going to say hooligan that's not necessarily any more illuminating for non-british listeners um someone of in general well, almost exclusively, a lower social class, what would once have been called in Britain the working class, but is often derogatorily referred to as the underclass now, which is mm. a bit unfortunate, but because there's not much work for, you know, legitimate economic reasons, amongst other things, social reasons, amongst that kind of group, uh, who wear a mixture of uh burberry or fake burberry often sportswear although not for sporting reasons so we're talking kind of baseball caps uh kind of running you know um kind of training jacket uh tracksuit bottoms those sort of things um a certain expectation of alcoholism on cheap alcohol of violence of yeah social housing teenage pregnancy uh dangerous and aggressive dogs it's a stereotype that maybe no real examples or very few real examples exist and then it gets all mixed up with people who kind of self-identify in that direction so uh for example recent um i'm going to say x factor but don't quote me on it success Cher lloyd who kind of was someone who played on that image uh coming from that background to kind of create a i don't know almost keisha style image of edginess to sell music but essentially it is a very kind of 2000s and i guess into the teens image of a young uh working class person who is scary to anyone who is not in that group Mm. and who are definitely held up as a kind of 
demonized figure and it's all tied in with antisocial behavior and that's why the misfits are all there they're all there supposedly on asbo's antisocial behavioral orders sort of minor um legal things that force them to do something in this case community service because of something antisocial they've done um which isn't really how Aspos were used, but that's not really important. The point is that this whole idea of, you know, antisocial neighbours, people who cause disturbance even, being really targeted by the government above and beyond actual, uh, I'm using kind of air quotes there, crimes, um, because people don't really care if someone's robbing in the neighbourhood, provided they're not making a fuss. That's a very British way of approaching crime, I guess. Um, and so... Yeah, you have kind of fear fear of young gangs, but in this case manifest in this particular fashion look. Mm-hmm. It, you mean the the sportswear, the baseball caps, the Adidas yeah. or something like that, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's, and, and it's a lot of this like kind of look of American hip hop fashion, right? Um, yes, definitely. I think it takes that influence and yet it doesn't feel quite the same being worn in that way. It's not necessarily worn with such a kind of sense of... I hesitate to say swagger, but I can't think of a better way of putting it. Uh huh. So, do, is it? It's a maybe a Romany word originally. Does it? Does it have anything to do with like Romany gypsy culture or like traveler culture or something like that? Like, is there an ethnic uh, dimension to the to the uh, derogatory to the kind of pejorative use of the term? I would say there was an ethnic dimension to it, uh, but that that wouldn't necessarily be applied to uh, Romany or indeed Irish traveller culture, maybe more towards the Irish traveller. I mean, we're in a real mess with this at the moment, thanks to Channel 4, who brought us Misfits, have also brought us My Big Fat Gypsy Wedding, a (laughs) documentary about the lives of travelling people who are amongst the most dispossessed, poor and undereducated kind of social and ethnic groups in the country. Um, But hey, some of them have extravagant weddings with big dresses, so let's make a TV series about that that sort of faintly mocks that slash makes a kind of feature of it in a quite unhelpful way because apparently 99.9% of all of those communities, both Irish Traveller and Roman Gypsy, don't act like that. The, uh, the the series has, by the way, made its way to the United States. I forget whether it's on BBC America or whether it's on... It's ooh, on TLC. It's on TLC. Oh, okay. thank goodness. I was then, hoping BBC America wouldn't do that. Yeah, no, it's a, it's not. Uh, it's it's on the the same show as uh, Bridezilla's and, you know, Say Yes to the Dress or something. Well, that's the sort of place where it would fit, I guess. My, my girl friend is going to come in and, and uh, be angry with me if I get the names of the channels wrong, so I apologize if I was, <laughs> if I was wrong about any of those reality show, uh, reality show channels. It probably belongs um, in the same uh, category as the Shaws of Sunset, the, uh, you know, um, the, the reality show about the, um, about the uh, expatriate uh, Iranians who live in Los Angeles, which I think has the largest community of those outside of, uh, outside of the Persian Gulf, and they, they, or uh, outside the Middle East, rather, and they, um, they refer to themselves as Persians. So, uh, you know, the Shahs of Sunset, Persians, my big fat gypsy wedding, the uh, traveler culture. Okay, good. But then yeah, it's not, it has, it has nothing. To- blown out of proportion. But I would say, no, the ethnicity is almost invariably white British, essentially. Despite the origin of the word. Despite the origin of the the word. It passed into popular culture, possibly in Chatham, where there was a larger than average Romney Gypsy um, population, and so were more likely to pass on their particular Mm. words. 
Um, well, I guess I think that I mean, before, I, I, you know, what's interesting when we're talking about this ethnic dimension. I mean, I think that maybe one other preliminary before we kind of jump into the meaning of these th- this identity and why why that's important um, in this group of characters is that you know how does Chav culture. Um, uh, interact or not interact with like with with black subculture in in, in Britain. Um, you know, because you know, again, that you know, two of our five characters are, um, and you know, it's, I keep wanting, you know, in the you know, it shows how ingrained American political correctness is. I keep wanting to say African American, and that's not right. Um, and so, um, I, I I was struggling to find the right uh, politically correct term for the for the the. Um, uh, the the of how to talk about race in, in this context because it seems to be to be relevant. Um, uh, I, I mean, in, if you really want to say British Afro Caribbean, by all means, that's, go ahead. But it's a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> I, oh, I don't. Boy, I, my you know. post. No, that's making my post-colonial guilt feel right, just right. So British <laughs> Afro Caribbean. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh boy, I feel it, everything's okay now. There are no problems. <laughs> <laughs> it's a post-racial. It's a post-racial world. Right? It's a post-racial world. So whatever. I'm colorblind. It's, it's cool. a post. It's a post-racial podcast. We have a British person on it. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm a post-racial, white. post-colonial uh, podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, right, Post-post because colonial. because there are Americans on it, and we used to be a colony. Therefore, we <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, we're, we're letting the healing begin. <laughs> In a way, it's a post-colonial podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I guess. Um, I'm not sure how much interaction there is because I think one of uh, it's really hard to tease apart because obviously kind of Chavs feel to me like a descendant of one of the things I've just been thinking about really between watching this show and stun podcast was uh, the other channel Four show. This is England, which was a film first and then it's going to be three follow up TV series is two of which have already happened, which is all about skinhead culture Mm -hmm. and how, kind of black culture as it were got turned from that the kind of mod thing into skinhead culture that was then far right and racist right and so this weird kind of and so a lot of these groups you end up with kind of them still having the links to the kind of skinhead culture on the one side but yeah clearly there's influence from black culture on another side so i think it's confusing and i wouldn't care to really pronounce on it much further because i just Mm. i'm not sure um i guess the music would be more predominantly hip-hop that sort of music black origin sort of thing going on there than oh yes we're going to listen to some very i don't know white british Britpop kind of stuff but right. beyond that, I mean, there's plenty of groups that fall into that category without being the Chav group, as it were, if such a group exists, because it is a pejorative label and it is used as a form of attack against people who would maybe not self-identify that way. So it's only partially valid, I guess, as an idea. Yeah, it's against uh, sort of against working class people. I mean, I'm 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 trying to think of a of a similar kind of pejorative term that we have in america that that might be in common use you know what i mean and maybe hick is i was wondering yeah is maybe hick is like the the closest thing i don't know ryan you 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 insult people more than i do i mean what about trailer trash is there really a kind of unified culture of people who live in trailer parks of a certain class yeah i was saying well right yeah i was thinking of, of along those lines yeah but i think that 
I think what's interesting, and this is exactly what I was kind of running over in my mind, and in some ways why some of the analogs don't exactly exist is the kind of relationship between I – mean, there's kind of a, a threefold – there's kind of, what, three axes or three dimensions about kind of race, class, and kind of urban versus rural, right? Sure. And, and, and in the U.S., kind of – there and what I kind of take about Chav culture, it is a poor urban white. Um, yeah. And that kind of box in the U.S. is pretty is is relatively um, empty, right? I mean, um, at least in the popular imagination. I mean, shows and 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 in like a lot of the kind of big cities of the East. I mean, due to like the patterns of um, just the natures of the of the strong overlap of race, um, you know, and and class in kind of urban poverty in the U.S. Um, is that there's a lot, you know, and due to the you know various patterns of, of white flight to the to the suburbs, you see a lot a lot of that, um, at least in the kind of cities of the, especially of the you know east and uh, you know all the way to kind of Chicago. But then, I mean, the kind of I don't know if there's a word for it. I mean, I've been also watching Breaking Bad recently, and you have a lot of the characters, right? So it's, um, oh, the the character of um, what's the what's Walt White's partner's name? What's uh, is it Jesse? Um, the the young the young meth dealer. I mean, like him and a lot of the non the the other his kind of buddies are kind of the closest American equivalent to to Chav. Uh, but there isn't a good word for that. Um, right. I'm thinking of like, you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of like, uh, uh, did you see the HBO series Generation Kill? And so, you know what I mean? Some of the Marines, the way their backgrounds were, were portrayed in, in, in that. Yeah. It's not, I, I mean, I guess I was, I, what the point I was making was that you have to go to poor rural white, you know what I mean? To, to find, but but it breaks down, but in some ways that's not exactly, it's very different from, in, in part because of the ruralness. The the, I mean, it's it's they they occupy a similar space, kind of socioeconomically, but culturally, it's it's different, right? So there's a kind of a, a cultural blank space. But it, uh, oh, in in America, yeah, which is yeah, which is sort of it, which is sort of uh, which is sort of interesting. I mean, it de- it depends it depends how you define class in America. I think, right? How you you know how you're willing to think about that? Like, well, we're all middle class, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> well, right, uh, like, I mean, the the well, uh, right? Like, what what is upper class in America? And it, it generally means it generally means wealthy, and lower class means uh, wealthy or educated, right? And like, uh, and lower class means poor or or uneducated. Right, and um, but this idea so, of like uh, heredity—I mean, and uh, you know what I mean—as class being, uh, as class being a trait that a person possesses, sort of innately, like like eye color or something, sure, right? Like, sure, sure. It, it's it's always difficult to kind of map those discourses onto American society, right? Well, so let's, let's let's zoom back to to misfits and sort of ask like why. You know, I think what's interesting is about that these characters do come from. I mean, again, there's no. It's all kind of like as as Tim mentioned. It's kind of 
downshifted one rung on the class ladder from from skin. So we have like mostly middle, lower middle, and kind of lower class uh, individuals that kind of cut across gender and race spectrum, which is why I think I also um, – why I felt like the breakfast club was one of the things that that's drawn on, right? That you have these students from um, diverse walks of life that are sentenced to a, a kind of a, a lightly punitive um, social reintegration program. You know, in the breakfast club, it was uh, detention. And here it's this community service. This uh, was this ASBO. Is that what it's called? Um, and, yeah. and, and so I guess the question is, um, I mean, I don't know. Um, well, I, there there is only one question to begin with, right? And you said it earlier, so I won't steal your I won't steal so the, your thunder. Yeah, so I think the question is. Well, I think there's. Yeah, I, maybe we've kind of done a lot of the ground setting. Is is um, you know is there's kind of two ver- variations of the same of the central question of is these teenagers fucking or rather in in what ways. Are these is these teenagers <laughs> fucking uh, or effing right uh, to introduce what we kind of discussed in the last show right yeah I mean now now there's a whole like fucking effing continuum like and so you have to ask a bunch of sub questions like is is our teenagers fucking are they fucking uh, excuse me is they fucking or <laughs> I'm so, I'm sorry Mr President uh, is they fucking or effing um, <laughs> right and so certain of these teenagers are fucking in certain ways right and i guess that's what you're getting at that we have to kind of puzzle this puzzle this out do you have a, a provisional answer ryan um no i mean i i think that it's all it's all it's all process i was hoping we could kind of get there um i oh, mean good. i'm trying uh trying to to make sense of it. it's, it's a very different you know i think that I think what's interesting about the show, right, is – and I'm trying to think about this. You know, I think what's interesting, um, one way in which the show is different – in which Misfits is different from – and correct me if I'm wrong – really from all of our other TFT shows is that – they don't know each other when it starts, um, right? And that you know, and that you have much more of this. Like, here's a cross section of like you know, at least what somebody's view of like a certain subset of um, British youth culture is. And we're going to put them in this in this context, and then give them superpowers. Um, you know, it's almost like yeah, a, an interesting. It's an interesting kind of almost like they're out there. There's like a control group somewhere that didn't get the lightning storm treatment. Right, and there's some kind of experiment right. uh, that's, that's happening, um, and and it's it's very different, um, you know that they rather than um, you know Gossip Girl, which there's all of this history, um, and same with same with Friday Night Lights, same with Skins, um, that there is. Um, and same with same with Glee. This is this is different. This is one of the starkest differences between the the other shows. So um, that, and, I mean, I think I think what that serves to do is it serves to like highlight these characters' status as sort of representatives. You know what I mean? As like symbols of aspects of of youth culture, whether it's like online, you know, whether it's like computer addicted mm-hmm. youth culture or mm-hmm. like sex mad, sex wild. Uh, youth culture or this sort of chav uh subcategory we've been talking about or just you know traditional smart ass uh right, right. you know or like good guy the gone- classic the classic effing teenager right, right? Exactly. Like, yeah, Nathan, yeah yeah Nathan is an effing an effing teenager right like, he's he's uh right even when he's fucking he's effing 
<laughs> oh man, we have to talk about Granny, Granny fucking. Uh, I, I, that wasn't even on the agenda, and I can't believe that we've we've gone um, gone this long. So we'll put a pin in that. But we have to talk. We're, we're, you know, there's been it's a new first in the uh, in the litany of in the age of inappropriate relationship trope. What was um, it on the first time we talked about skin? So, someone on in the comments compared a listener compared uh, E4. Um, the to, like if if Channel Four is a river of shit, E Four, which is like a cable or a satellite channel, involves like c- custom it's like constructing a sluice, a sluice a, 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 to channel the river of shit into your house, and probably paying lots of money for the privilege of sluicing this this shit into your house. And so, like of the the race to the bottom, to, to you know the sort of brownest and most you know corn studded nuggets of turd. Um, <laughs> right like uh granny fucking is indeed a new uh an, a new low right and yet it's brilliant I mean, you- because because uh at the same time you know the the i mean there's this wonderful kind of musical foreshadowing right of the girl you will be a woman soon uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh-huh. uh and i was like oh i already even thought that was like funny in the context of like um of 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 a sex scene and then it's like oh that's why i get it uh-huh. um, it, it was quite a shock to kind of I keep forgetting that this is a show that is going to show these things. I was expecting a cutaway or something, but no. No, yeah, uh, Granny. Though you didn't see, you didn't see full on Granny. Uh, you saw like middle aged You saw middle aged uh, Granny, but middle aged naked people. Not something you usually see on these television shows, which sort of revel in the the like the nubility, the the nubileness, right? Nubility <laughs> of their of their young flesh that they're that they're showing, right? Well, I mean, yeah, and no, the show still no does that. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, and in terms of like, he, there's horror of age, and then in the third episode, there's horror of disfigurement when the characters, well, some of the characters are losing their hair. Right. I mean, that's not a very big disfigurement, but it is a form of disfigurement. Sure. Um, yeah, that, which so is funny clearly. because this is like this is dramatizing what we were saying before that you know the represent with each of these kids as a representative of a certain part of like youth culture. That's definitely from the point of view of the of the dominant society and of the adult society because they're kind of figures of horror already because they are these sort of antisocial kids, each representing something that's bad about or you know that's corrupted or corruptible in the case of the athlete or, you know, sort of antisocial about youth culture. But what gets dramatized is like the horrors of youth, like age or like losing your looks or, uh, you know, um, or or sort of, I think, not being special. I think like Nathan, like not discovering. And of course, we've all like read on Wikipedia that he's immortal, right? Like, and will get killed and come back. (laughs) Nathan, Nathan doesn't die. <laughs> I, 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 made it, we're really working out every like every permutation of that of that like uh, infamous uh, infamous hashtag um, <laughs> statement. Wow, I, I, I've I've made it kind of a personal note to myself to never mention to you, Ryan, anything that I care about. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. I, I will just. Oh, oh, oh! By the way, in case you guys have uh, are not all caught up on uh, uh, Mad Men, Lane dies. So, um, yeah. <laughs> hangs himself in his goddamn office. I right? know, like, I know, I know, and yeah, it's yeah. That, um, I, not to take us on a digression, but here's a digression. Ryan, Mad Men is 
killing it this year, right? I know, I know. We have to, we have to do a Mad Men, uh, a Mad Men episode. I mean, I, w- I just, well, I, no, actually, we can talk about it because Sally Draper had her period, so she's a teenager now. So, boom, <laughs> right? It's like, all given, retroactively yeah, about teenagers. So, given her, given her history, given Sally's history, like there's going to be some, uh, some bizarre behavior, some like antisocial, weird, oddly sexualized behavior. Given, uh, you know. Uh, seeing seeing Roger getting a BJ a couple weeks ago and like uh, you yeah, know it's gonna it's good there's gonna be some really like some really uh unpleasant um like you know mustache riding involving Glenn's nasty little crustache. Is it riding she's <laughs> gonna ride the crustache. <laughs> 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 um, and TFT podcast bringing the the sluice of sewage right into your ears. Like <laughs> you, yeah, true. you had to go out of your way to download this this podcast, right? So uh, anyway. this is your reward. Wait, so, no, but yeah, so um, I think that's I think that's right. Um, I, I'm, I'm, we're thinking again about the horrors of of youth, right, and the horror of not being special, um, and and then also, I mean, a lot of the um, powers. Like our, I mean, it's interesting that we call them powers, right? And this, this gets back to, you know, the on the one hand, we want to read this. It's so amazing that once people get, it, it, you know, that the, the, the um, superhero genre is so powerful that we want to um, think of these as superpowers. Um, and yet most of these are actually kind of super disabilities. Right, I mean, so- shit, shitty powers. Like, the, the invisibility one, which is like a metaphor for what? Social social invisibility. Mm-hmm. It actually mm-hmm. kind of turns it on its head, because it turns out to be very useful uh, Very useful uh, to turn invisible if you're trying to, like, you know, cover up the killing of your uh, community center supervisor. You're, uh, right. Right. You right. see it- some surprising non-nudity. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it'd be kind of a creeper. Um, I don't want to jump straight in go, with go, the power go, go, perversion go, go. potential, but like a lot of these powers get sexualized, as it were, quite quickly. Like obviously, Alicia's power—it is kind of a—I say hesitate to say purely sexual, but it's a sexual power essentially. Yeah, but I mean, it, it doesn't take turns, long for Simon to use people into these like big veiny penises, right? You see, like when she, when, like she actually turns people into like pure boner, right? And it's um, like it's like Buffy the Vampire, yeah, exactly. Their veins start doing. It's like the way the vampires were used in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but but even more on the nose, right? Like because it's not like oh, being ravenous and out for blood is kind of like being a horny uh, teenage boy. It's actually like being a horny teenage boy is kind of like being an oversized and gorged penis, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like meth meth roofy or something like that, right? Like, no, and this is like <laughs> meth roofy, the, yeah. the newest the newest comic book from uh, uh, from TFT Press. Um, yeah, and and it's her her hers is almost a punishment as though like before the show I was talking about like I don't know if it, I don't know if you've ever been been uh, like punished i never was but like with with drinking too much when your parents catch you drinking like oh you like drinking finish that that you know fifth of whiskey you know what i mean let's have a 12 pack of beer on top of that you know let you know what i mean it's like sort of taking her 
uh, her simultaneously like longed for and feared trait about herself. Um, you know, longed for because it's great to be attractive, and feared because what if I'm nothing more than than attractive? <laughs> uh, and and kind of amplifying it to the point where where it is this kind of living hell of of punishment for you know being a bad. Uh, being a, it's kind of a, it's kind of a like manifestation of slut shaming, right? Like it, it's a, it's a punishment for being a, a, an aggressive, sexy woman. Yeah, I f- almost felt it spoke to kind of. I hesitate to say. Oh, I keep saying that. That's my catchphrase. That's a terrible catchphrase. Um, like being a woman in general in these kind of sexualized times, a young woman. Because I mean, the camera sexualizes her. There are some shots where you feel like you know what you're doing here. You're approaching her as if you've, she's reached out and touched the cameraman through the fourth wall. Um, and so, like, her curse is that she is always an object of desire. And also that it's always going to be told to her that it's her fault. And she gets this kind of revelation at some point where she's nearly been raped in the car by um, the uh, annoying uh, self-righteous charity worker and mm-hmm. Curtis. Um, and it's kind of horrific because Curtis comes to try and save her. And as soon as he kind of touches her, um, because she hasn't ever read, she needs Simon to tell her about X-Men. Apparently the clue, if you're being a sex rogue, as it were, is to, <laughs> that's what I think of a power as sex rogue. Wear gloves. Yeah, no, you nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> um, but is that, um, she is always going to be. Um, blamed for it because it's her power even though she has zero control over it and it came, you know, no choice. Right, with so, with, with great sexy power comes great sexy responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> Except um, it shouldn't. But right, it does. Right, no, no, exactly, exactly. It's, it's yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's interesting. I mean, it, it's interesting that at least a number of these powers play a lot with like with the ideas related to free will and and volition right that you know that uh, you know and i think hers most obviously because it's both she like people are attracted to her and want to bone her regardless of whether she wants it or not and conversely you know the i mean um that that's the kind of the the thing um about um um, uh, Curtis, you know, really wants to say, well, no, I want to do this and, and mean it, right? That, you know, that, 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 you know, the, the, the fucking in this sense is meaningful because you both want to do it. Um, and, and so that like the, the removal of that or the, the barrier that that places is, is really, um, is, is important. And I think that, you know, that also in some ways plays with, um, Curtis's, power which is this kind of time manipulation slash kind of um alternate timeline choosing right that, that he is given like in some ways super super will right that you know that, that he basically like f- slows down time slash jumps into other timelines um and, and is able to kind of re-splice the t- the the tape so he's so whereas like Kelly or not Kelly, sorry, um, Alicia is like super like constrained and like actually reduces the free will of everyone around her. Then uh, Curtis, other than in those circumstances, like when when his like super slow motion um, kicks in, he then it gives him ex- 
extra will and and more more volition than than one usually has. And it also participates in this this sort of discourse about responsibility that gets foisted on teenagers a lot, where it's like you know that one moment, that one choice you make, which is the, the mm. sort of that's the the like the Star Trek theory of timeline. You know what I mean? Mm. That like mm. you know it goes back to like one one little change, one little binary. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. These are the called in in, in uh, political science, um, like in sort of histo- historical institutionalism. These are called critical junctures, right? That um, there's an idea, in, in, and I think it's like Paul Pearson, um, the political scientist that's written about this. Um, th- this idea that there are these like turning point moments um, that then unleash path what were called path dependencies so that there's one kind of choice that then leads to all of these different choices and you kind of understand the evolution of um institutions or political equilibria through like looking at the branches of these various um uh of these these various um um critical junctures um right and so that that it, yeah that it is in this right his power only kicks in at the critical junctures like right. and it's it's part of the i mean we've talked we talked a little bit we investigated uh, a couple episodes ago the idea of like teenage the teenage the economically determined category of being a teenager as this time of like social and relational experimentation uh a time when it really sort of doesn't count um but i mean the thing the thing that's so infuriating about being a teenager is the bad faith of everyone around you swearing that it does count when it doesn't or that it doesn't count when it does you know what i mean and so this this kind of like brings to a head that that sort of discourse about uh you know sort of about responsibility and choice and and will as you say yeah no i think that's i think that's right i think that's interesting in that you know um and you you think about the the fact that they were they are in this um you know community service that's you know as as Tim mentioned earlier is meant to be this kind of relatively light punishment right that you're you're kind of you're it's not you know this this state and by proxy society wants to both say we're not going to let this slide but this is not we're not going to like fully incarcerate you right so it's kind of both recognizing that you know the things that you did are wrong while then having you like kind of actually contribute to public goods in some way and it's meant to be this kind of like light thing you know and part part of that is that you know you are um teenagers so this is part of the learning process and that you know i imagine there's some kind of theory here that you know in the process of of doing this work for society you you kind of reintegrate you become you go from being antisocial to being pro-social um and but it's meant that this is kind of because this is this time this is kind of liminal space that that allows you to do that um and i think what's fascinating is that is the setting for this catastrophic um um you know slow motion stylized lightning attack um hmm. is is that um all of a sudden this thing that was right that 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 was kind of more consequence free becomes very responsibility laden all of a sudden you know that that um that and 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 it, again it's kind of plays with this you know when do you stop go this is the thing we were talking about a lot in the last episode um that was 
uh, about Friday Night Lights and these kind of various degrees of responsibility of when, you know, in some ways, all a lot of these characters, because of socioeconomic conditions, already have become, you know, fucking teenagers. They've already had to deal with things that are kind of out of their weight class. They've had to grow up. And so, but I think that this lightning attack dramatizes that, right? And they they are no, they they can no longer afford to be just effing teenagers. Uh Um, Even even the ones who were the most trivial, right? The the Nathans who were just, who could just be kind of smart asses. Um, Now he's a smart ass who who can't die and fucks grannies. (laughs) Well, no, now he's he's a smart ass who is thrown on the resources of the community, visit the community center, uh, you know, for his for his livelihood right for like lodging for a roof over his head yeah but but, but we don't know yet that it doesn't matter because he he can't die you see (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't matter i mean the whole thing about yeah punishment well, sorry, but I, what I'm saying is that, like, you know, he actually, it doesn't matter where he sleeps. Like, he can sleep in the middle of the road and the car's going to run over him and he can't die, right? Like, oh, well, yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> you see what I mean? Like, shelter doesn't matter if you can't, if you, I mean, I'm sure it's like one of these things where. I'm sure it's very uh, uncomfortable to sleep in the middle of the road, you know what I mean? Like, not to sound bourgeois, but, you know, I don't think that, <laughs> I don't think the, uh, the road would be a, a great mattress, right? Fair enough. I guess. I guess. I guess that's why. I mean, this is. It's. It's not even just about the fact that he can't die. This is why the spoiler culture is is meaningless. We have to understand the ways in which he cannot die and why that's important. You see. Well, uh-huh. Yeah. Can Nathan can't be die. Degraded? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, the one power that we haven't talked about a lot is um, Kelly's power, yeah. this, the, the ability to hear others' thoughts. And I think that that's a really um, interesting one um, in that it's also a power. So it actually – what it made me think of is I, I didn't watch this show a lot, um, but there was a short-lived um, – ABC show on ABC in the U.S. called No Ordinary Family. Yep. Right, this is the uh, Michael Chiklis's, I believe, first post uh, uh, Shield gig, um, and it's about a family that like experience. They also get superpowers. I think there is like during a plane crash in Brazil in the Amazon. Um, but the teenage girl in that show and in this case it's like more like an incredible setup, and there's a family with superpowers. But there, it's also a teenage girl who has the the thought hearing power right and i think that i mean for me that resonated a lot with this kind of the social um uncertainty of of being a teenager right and it's this interesting inverse of the kind of um hidden information and hidden hidden motive um problems that are are so pervasive especially in gossip girl um and so i thought this was like an interesting um i mean it's interesting that that is like a you know that teenagers in general are associated with you know the the the, the symb- symbolism of that power of like you know so much of your energy as a teenager and i think it's probably meant to imply especially as a teenage girl is spent on trying to figure out what somebody um is thinking or what they mean and so this is again a little bit of a a power but it's mostly a curse because it's just um you know then it turns out because it actually interferes with your fucking you know what i mean right like uh when she's her fiance is 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 she and her fiance are boning at the end of the the first episode and she can't uh uh you know she can't maintain right like because if you really knew what everyone was thinking uh, of you moment to moment especially when you're boning and are at your sort of most you know vulnerable uh literally and figuratively naked right like it would it would just uh, it would just make life uh it would make life impossible 
Make boning impossible. Make granny well, yeah. boning impossible. Well, yeah, how come it's... I, I almost thought, yeah, how come Nathan saw the truth at that point, which I know is a distraction. Thinking of Kelly's power, uh, I think it is interesting that she's the chav girl because you kind of saw it already. She ties her hair right back and she puts on a lot of makeup, especially foundation, which is considered this kind of chav girl look, but it's also very much sculpting her appearance and sculpting what people think of her because they see her and they think chav and they think all of the associations. They always think, oh yeah, she can get us a gun. She can get us, you know, something that we need stolen. Um, And she spent kind of her life up to that point shaping what people think of her and controlling it. Also thought. And I think that that's interesting because that that also that itself is um i mean you, you think about it's 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 both a i mean it's the kind of thing that can lead to a certain kind of um isomorphism right so that in some ways right because what it reminds me of is like you know snakes or insects that have the markings as marking them as being um as being poisonous, right? If you have that chav look, then you're you're socially poisonous, right? Um, and and you don't even even need to have the poison, right? It's like the snakes that that um, that's the, the mean of the, you know of isomorphism is having the outward form of of a certain thing without having the function, right? So that you can. Um, look like a poisonous snake without being poisonous and that on the one hand that can itself can have a deterrent effect but that it can also kind of backfire in that if people call the bluff or it it leads you into to certain things right so that i think that that kind of her power interacting with that kind of right is this kind of social game theory um involved in 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 both this relationship between the inner and outer life right it's like it's basically the the poker game of, of of, of of teenagerhood and now she either got an edge on it or a disadvantage well both i mean i think it goes both, to yeah. it goes to i mean it goes to the the sense of these things being kind of simultaneously longed for and and uh and feared right like like invisibility or immortality for that matter or you know extreme desirability right like that that they're they're um they're not superpowers. They're kind of mixed bag powers, right? Yeah, it's very, it's very monkey's paw, right? It's it's very no, much. Sure. It's a very kind of um, you know, I'd be careful what you wish for kind of of situation. I mean, except for I mean, it's interesting. Except for Curtis's, uh, uh, like like I, I we've yet to see the downside of being able to like change the course of time. Although I think that I think I mean, episode four. Exactly. I'm just going to say. I, I was just remembering that the 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 preview um, of of episode four seems to um, indicate the the perils of messing with the timeline. So, I, 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 right. I think they're all going to have a monkey's paw kind of um, characteristic to it. A, a um, the sound of thunder uh, realization, right? Uh, do you I know that? Do you know that no. short story, Ray Bradbury short story? Uh, time time travel is invented, and and <laughs> Ray, Ray Bradbury dies. By the way, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, right, like uh, a, a sound of thunder. The um, and it, it never mind what the title means. It's a, a motif that runs through the uh, through the story, um, and ends with the the uh, I think the narrator dying. But he he. Um, 
uh, he's a tourist, a time travel tourist, going back to the time of the dinosaurs. Uh, and though he is warned not to, he steps off the path and, uh, you know, unwittingly kills a butterfly. And he goes back uh, to the future and finds the future unrecognizable because the uh, unrecognizable and dystopian because he stepped on the butterfly. Yeah. Also, isn't it specifically that they go back in time so that they can hunt dinosaurs as big game? Yes, and the idea the idea is that the dinosaurs are selected precisely because uh, they are about to die. A tree is about to fall on them, and so it does it doesn't hurt the timeline if you kill the dinosaur right as the tree is about to fall on it. Good old humans. Yeah, right. But 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 stepping on the butterfly, you know, um, will make uh, uh, English words be spelled strangely, you know. And if you uh, watch the 2005 or 6 film adaptation, lizard monsters appear in uh, Central Park. There, how, how do you get a whole movie out of... There's like <laughs> With one, difficulty. Yeah, there's one tiny point in that short story. But it's done, um, it's done uh, in The Simpsons as a, a Treehouse of Horror episode. Anyway... Um, uh, you want to talk about granny fucking? It's the time to, to uh, circle back and talk about uh, talk about uh, slipping slipping granny the fat one. I mean, I, I think we you know what. Well, what else remains to be to be said? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think I think we you know we we said we were going to put a pin in it, and then we just proceeded to talk about it. <laughs> um, I mean, I think actually even before I mean we could I think maybe the other the, the more kind of. Um, content-filled area. I mean, I think one of the major things we haven't touched on is the um, is the probation officer. Actually, like I think so. I think I guess maybe where we should kind of enter the granny fucking um, is less for the kind of you know we we kind of talked about the age inappropriate angle and the kind of you know the 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 dumping the sewage right into your home um angle but i think that there's a you know the other thing that um you know just all of the age inappropriate relationships in tft shows indicate is something about this the relationship between generations right and um and and kind of um this generation and power because that you know inevitably you know that either there's a variety of um, types of relationships, you know, in the world of Gossip Girl, often the parents replicate a parallel social world to the um, the kids right. and or don't the, really have moral authority. Or what are you going to say? Well, what, what I was going to say is that this is um, this is also the first TFT show that kind of hasn't been at a school, right? Um and the idea of school, yeah. the idea of education is that it's sort of forward looking and, and, you know, focusing on teenagers as sort of pre adults, um, taking on more and more yeah. adult responsibilities. And these like, uh, but the teenagers, I think being by being in a community center, being sentenced to a kind of lightly punitive, was that like a, just a light dusting of punitive, um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. the light dusting of punishment that they're subjected to kind of shifts the focus to them as like, they could, these guys could be teenagers forever right they could you know it's not it's they're not really pre-adults we're not like grooming them uh we're not we're not rehabilitating them you know what i mean and i think sally is grooming one of them but (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, right. So it's 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 like the the first of many kind of like holding cells that they will that they will be be that they will be in, right? Yeah, um, like like Tim Riggins who goes to jail. Yes, yes, Tim Riggins goes to jail. Um, but y- you know what I mean, like, and so that so that something is is revealed about the relationship in uh, between the generations here that is sort of predatory, right? That is to say, these. Uh, these youth who are kind of boxed in this in this social box of youth or in this kind of social uh, prison of being a chav or in this this sort of social uh, prison of social service of community service um, they 're being uh, they're being sort of preyed on uh, in some way by the society here represented by the the probation officer. You know what I mean? They're sort of being they're sort of being hunted down and and killed, or at least something unique about them is being you know is being uh, uh, is being uh, tried. To, they're trying to eliminate something unique about them. Yeah, and it's. I mean, it definitely is. Is it's, it's interesting. I mean, for me, I guess maybe I always like think of this, but well, I saw that, and it, it for me, like you know, thought about this. It's like this fear of the unrestrained state, right? That that um, you know that that you go from having a state that is kind of benevolent and constrained by some combination of institutions and social norms to one that just is just unbridled power, right? And 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 um, and is the you know, um, you know, it's it's the breaking of it's like we've talked a bit about in various other contexts about Madison and the Federalist Papers, right? That um, you 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 first um, allow allow the state to um, to to control the governed and then oblige it to control itself, um, and it's it's no longer obliged, right? And now it's just trying to kill them um, and and punish them um, for 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 sucking so hard, right? Um, and in his right, it's it's, 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 it's it's very interesting because it's it's sort of like a little bit of this, you know, like it, it, like you know throughout before pre lightning storm he kind of has this attitude of like oh these you know these effing teenagers get off my it's a little bit of a get not exactly like get off my lawn but it's like you know oh you, you know the you. You, you guys are such a pain in my ass, and now it's like like, and I've now had enough, right? He's mad as hell, and he's not going to take it anymore. And the and so it's like the state and like kind of the adults uh, in general just wanting to like like it's, it's 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 I feel like it's representing this idea of like it's no longer worth it to to uh, use authority to. Um, to shape them into something, right? And and it's kind of recognizing this open secret that these these youths uh, are not really getting reintegrated, but it's just kind of you know stringing them along. And so it, 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 he's kind of like cutting out the middlemen, or just just taking t- it to you know the logical um, conclusion, right? It, it would be as if like it's 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 like you know because Omar is always already dead, like he's just going to kill omar rather than allowing him to get shot by canard while while buying cigarettes buying a pack of newports yeah you see what i'm saying yeah i i do i mean i think this idea of like unrestrained state power is 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 very interesting because you know in 
our other shows, um, the the fucking teenagers have recourse to ins- have recourse to institutions usually, or also to social norms. Uh, I guess more in the case of uh, or power the, or yeah. power uh, of some kind. Yeah, yeah, have some kind have have some kind of agent uh, agency, like some kind of way to exercise power, like they call their their buddy, the, their uncle's friend, the police commissioner, or something like that. You right, know what right, I mean? Right, that is, right, you right. have you have an in to power, and and these are you know these these uh, fucking teenagers are these fucking teenagers are entirely abject uh you know on uh in a certain view of um of agency yeah because they keep going to this community service it doesn't seem like somehow they're compelled to carry on and yeah that dichotomy of the state wanting to either kind of control or destroy must kind of in a way run down the heart of anyone working in that kind of correctional area whether you want to reform someone or punish them is a really hard thing to work out and it seems to be a huge issue we're trying to work through in our country at the moment is like should we be sending as many people to prison because some of us want to punish people and some of us want to reform people no matter what that really involves and if it's not doesn't look very much like punishment some of us don't mind and i think that's it gets answered very firmly in the first episode. It's like, well, these guys were sort of being uh, reformed in appearances sake, but in reality, it's punishment. And also, you know, their probation officer has crossed the line. And then her husband, who her, his wife, who is also a probation officer, is going to step into his place and continue working with them, but secretly believe that they are kind of her enemy right it sort of dramatize it sort of dramatizes the bad faith in the system about you know what i mean it dramatizes the sort of ulteriority in the system where uh where something purports to be one thing but in fact uh mm-hmm. is another thing which is also i mean that is um right though the 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 kids are sort of horror figures of of youth culture are sort of grotesques of youth culture um the this the uh the wolfman right probation officer is also a that is a uh, an adolescent fantasy right about what grown-ups are really like or what the grown-ups really want um really want of me so i think we're really i mean i think as far as like where the narrative goes we're really in the kids heads um uh, and not the you know not the society's heads uh, not the society's head uh, uh, right as the as the narrative unfolds. Yeah, yeah. and again, it is it's interesting because it, it, it in this case it sits interestingly alongside um, alongside skins where I think and, and and this is again where I think the class contrast um, comes in really importantly is that it, in some ways in in skins one thing that we talked about a lot is that the parents are kind of absent and or um or or kind of comical right comically misguided but not not harmful but right there is this like fully fledged youth society that like really doesn't um like that doesn't really concern them or it can be manipulated right you, you think about like the very you know the initial um, scene of series one uh, episode one of of Tony playing the prank on his dad right of locking his dad out of the um, uh, uh, of the of the bathroom in the morning um, and you know all the all these various kinds of things where this the parents are just so um, misguided and um, you know in in contrast in, and so he, uh, here it's um, a lot more there's this much he- more 
heavy involvement, but it's, there's it's, there's not like a lot of like volition there. But it, it's it's a similar kind of you know disconnect between um, between the generations. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, um, I, I think we wrap it up and leave it there. Uh, if you have a, a disconnect that you would like to rectify, if you would like to overcome the unbridgeable gulf between uh, persons, you can email us at tftpodcast at everythinginc.com or call or twex, text 20 fat jog one In deference to our international uh, panel and international audience, I'll say it's plus one, country code one, two zero three USA number one, baby. Um, and uh, uh, you can like the Facebook page. More people have been liking the Facebook page. Have you been getting the notifications, Ryan? There are. I have. Uh, I yeah. have. It makes me feel good every single time. I know. Um, it's, it's so if you want to make Ryan... They like me. They really like me. Oh, you don't know what they're thinking, though. You well, know. yeah. Do you know? Do you guys know how many people are liking it for the wrong reasons? Because my podcast page gets a lot of inbound searches for our episode number 18.xxxxx, and I don't think they're searching for my podcast. <laughs> we, uh... are, you, are you suggesting that people are, are finding us for looking for fucking teenagers? <laughs> I certainly hope so. But I also certainly hope that they then listen to it as well. How do you think... Overthinking it got 20,000 Facebook likes. I mean, you know, I, uh, they're mostly actually teenage I, I girls. Just, and- I just figured it was, it was from the really deep, entrenching um, discourse on the uh, HBO series Girls. <laughs> oh, fuck you all. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yes. Uh, so if you want to make Ryan feel better, you can go over there and like that. You can follow us on Twitter, TFT Podcast. Uh, and until next time, we're going to come back with the end of series one of, uh, of Misfits, which I'm very proud I didn't call Skins that time. <laughs> uh, the end of series skin one. <laughs> skin fits. Uh, episodes uh, four, five, and six. Uh, we may, I mean, uh, Mad Men's only got one week left in it, so we may do a, a Mad Men um, episode and then uh and then much of the summer is still open so we'll be back next time to talk about chav culture to talk about granny fucking and really just to say granny fucking over and over and over um (laughs) to talk about rehabilitation versus punishment and uh you know the organization of society to talk about the unbridled state uh stalking its prey its nubile prey ravenously to talk about the presence of boo on these uh, on these E4 shows, but mostly to talk about these these fucking, fucking teenagers. teenagers.